You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Seven oh seven in the morning. You're on the second hour of Wake Up Tucson, ten thirty. The Voice, local news and talk. Remember, we have a live remote breakfast at Gap Ministries, an amazing uh, breakfast cooked by Chef John and the students. Live remote with Mister Dum Dum here. It'll be a totally amazing, fun time. Twenty bucks for the best breakfast you'll ever have, and hopefully, Chris could be worth at least one or two dollars of that of the twenty. So, wakeup.gapmin.com. Congratulations to my uh, NAU Lumberjacks. They were in the Big Sky Championship game last night. I mean, they were so bad leading to this. They lost to a Delta Chi intramural team just about a month ago. Is that so? Yeah, Delta Chi just came <laughs> crawling out of the... Uh, Caught them on a good day. Crawling out of the Beaver Street Brewery, and they still beat them. <laughs> well, so. you know, NAU, the Delta Chi always gives their best game to everybody. That's... You know? sometimes true let's go to the phones let's go to u.s congressman andy biggs andy good morning sir hey good morning chris good to be with you uh so let's start in the world of oversight um i was looking at your uh your your tweet here about hearings on covid origins border crisis energy crisis uh ai opm inflation waste fraud and biden family investigation and it sounds like you're part of the well, one of the things you're doing is the Biden family investigation uh, hearings. Yeah, I mean, uh, so uh, eight hearings in oversight this week, four in judiciary, all dealing with um, just a myriad of problems. I mean, just when you start going down the list and I'm thinking, well, he didn't mention China. Oh. He, didn't men- <laughs> he didn't mention Ukraine. He didn't mention budget. didn't mention debt ceiling. Did You know, I mean, you start thinking about it and you realize – it's such a target-rich environment uh, with what's gone wrong under the Biden uh, uh, very, very, very managed uh, crisis uh, of the Biden administration that you go well. Okay, so yeah, a lot of lot of involvement, a lot of hearings, uh, uh, a lot of uh, late nights uh, studying. So, is there something in the uh, Hunter Biden? What's any new revelations that? You know, not not all the zillion of other revelations that was ignored by the press for all these these years. Anything uh, new developments in that world? Well, where we're, where we're starting <laughs> is with these. <laughs> I mean, another I mean, another target-rich environment. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, you could spend your whole congressional, you could spend years in in Congress uh, re- reviewing Hunter Biden. But look, we're, we're focusing right now on suspicious uh, uh, his suspicious activities reports that were given to the Department of Treasury, um, and so we've subpoenaed in these these banks and whatnot because they're the ones that wrote the reports. So we're going to try to get at the reports because Treasury won't give them to us. So we're, we're laying the groundwork to hold these guys in contempt. Um, and so, but why won't they give us the reports? They changed, I, I want, everybody needs to understand, they changed, the Treasury changed the rules after Biden was uh, put into office because they, Hunter Biden had over 150 suspicious activity reports uh, from various banks given to the Department of Treasury. Now we have we have two of those that were leaked to us by whistleblowers, and uh, they they're pretty damning. And 
And so, are these the same people? Girls. Are these the same people that want like a seventy-three-year-old because they're moving more than ten thousand dollars out of their bank to yes. fi- to fill out a special piece of paper? Yes. Well, actually, and, and they want to track you if you if it's over three thousand or five hundred bucks or whatever <laughs> it is. Right. Now. They really want to they want to know. But when when Hunter Biden is is receiving one hundred and sixty-seven thousand dollars a month from a Ukrainian oil and gas company where he has no experience, he's on the board of directors, and that company actually was under investigation by the attorney general of Ukraine until uh, Joe Biden demanded uh, that the previous president, Borchenko, of, of Ukraine fire that attorney general, uh, or, they, or we, he was going to withhold a billion dollars of foreign aid to Ukraine. Well, guess what? Uh, it looks like there might have been some influence peddling going on there. And uh, that was reported. And and now we can't get Treasury to come clean. And we're going to press until we get these. And then Because we think once, once you have that, you, you start seeing the business and you start seeing what, what Jim Biden, who is the president's brother, was doing. You find out what Hunter was doing. You, all of these transactions are related. Um, then you get into Devin Archer. Um, and uh, you got Tony Bobolinsky, who's already testified that, yeah, Joe Biden was a partner in all this stuff. We think that it's going to show some pretty um, dramatic uh, information. And unlike, unlike the January 6th committee that just uh, crafted a narrative and just threw it out there, uh, even though they knew it was a lie, we're actually waiting until we get the evidence before we really go out and say, this is what the evidence is this is why we've reached the conclusion we suspect but we don't have all the evidence that we need which is why we're holding the hearings so when i see the yelling at the top of their lungs the pearl clutching of chuck schumer mitch mcconnell <laughs> don lemon uh joe scarborough and friends about the forty thousand hours that mccarthy gave to tucker that really looks like he's over the target doesn't it yeah, I think it does. I mean, I, I keep saying this is the this is the yin yang. So you had you had just a portion of it. The the, the lefts and the Democrats crafted narrative that was the yin, and now you've got uh, uh, Tucker that's bringing out the other half of the whole, which is the yang. And then what what will happen is then when you get the yin yang together, you get the truth. And when the truth comes out, you're going to find out that yes, it was complex. You had some yo yos. Who, who were committing crimes, they were violent, attacking uh, police, and then you had others that weren't. And, um, and so what does that mean? It means there was no armed insurrection. The only arms that they had were their right arm and their left arm. And then the, uh, the insurrection was a riot. It was not an, an attempted overthrow of the government, contrary to what Mr. Raskin, Schiff, uh, Pelosi, Schumer, uh, Don Lemons of the world, Jealous Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, who's still crying about this. Um, he does not want this out. They don't want this out. They, they simply do not want the truth out to the American people. Well, and the other part is, is the rest of the press who's now jealous that they're all upset that they didn't get to see the 40,000 because in the previous yeah. year and a half, they never asked for the other 40,000. Yeah, no, they didn't want to know. They didn't want. They had their narrative. Okay, come on, man. They had. This, they had their story. Come on, go easy on the on the left wing crazy uh, myopic, uh, you know, co-conspirators. Uh, and the, then the, then the Ninja yeah. Turtle, Mitch McConnell, yesterday said it was a bad. That was a bad thing too. That we're uh, we're, we're, we're that McCarthy released this out there. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's uh, baffled by it. You know, it just you know, it's, it's so awful. Well, it, it gets it gets to the whole thing. Uh, and Trump was right when he said it's a deep state, right? I call it the uniparty, or I call it I call it a uh, the Washington D.C. cartel. It's the cartels. It's the it's the co-op between the left wing media, the 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 K Street lobbyists, the uh, and the uh, and the people in power who don't care really what's going on. They just they just want to stay in power, and that's where Mc, Mc, Mitch McConnell is. And I got to be careful because, well, he's not going to sign uh, sign any of my bills over there anyway. He's in the minority, but. <laughs> But the but the reality is this guy uh, this guy is part and parcel of what is wrong with with American politics, American government, and and the direction that the country is going in. He's part and parcel. So people, uh, when we see because one of the other hearings, oversight is going to start. We're going to have this discussion on COVID origins, right? So Andy, yeah. why why was the Department of Energy doing a, re, a research project on COVID origins? Why is it coming out of them? This latest, you know, one. hey, that's the darndest thing. I because I've asked the same question and haven't gotten an answer. I'm like, I'm like, okay, FBI's FBI apparently was doing one as well, and so they came out and said, yeah, we we always thought. I mean, this is Christopher Ray, always a little bit late to the the to, to the right side of things. He says, yeah, he says, oh, of course, the FBI. We we suspected it was a lab leak all along. Of course, we never said anything publicly. I mean, so you got that going. Um, it's just, it's, to me, it's just been uh, uh, a real cluster. I, I, I'm trying to understand why DOE was involved in doing a study on the COVID origins. I mean, really, I'm, I, I, I've asked people, and they, nobody can give me an answer. Um, maybe uh, I, I, you'd like to say they were the only, they were an honest department, but they're not honest either. So uh, <laughs> they were just really, bo- sure they were just really bored at Los Alamos and said, "Hey." <laughs> they, well, here's this. what happened. Here's what happened. You, since they shut down the oil and gas industry, they didn't have anybody else to regulate. So maybe they're like, okay, well, let's just let's just spend some time on the COVID COVID uh, origins. I mean, that's this this government is so out of control. It's so weaponized, Chris. It is so weaponized against the American people. Uh, we have to recognize that. And um, I think my colleagues are getting more serious about this. I mean, some of us who've been out there saying this for years, um, I think, I think some within the Republican party is all this stuff is beginning to come out and we're, and we're actually getting actual information, uh, now, uh, which isn't being suppressed entirely. It's being suppressed, but just not entirely. I think, I think some of my colleagues are beginning to say, look, look, the gov- our government's corrupt. We have to clean it up. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where it is. I know Ron Johnson's taking the lead on a lot of this COVID stuff on the Senate side, but I would love to see an actual congressional commission that, because all those things that you and I were right on, because we were conspiracy screwballs two and a half years ago, but we yeah. look, we're, our record's looking pretty good. I'd love for a commission to come out, bring all the experts of all you want out there, and say, look, this is what we learned. Masks don't work. <laughs> There's a real problem with this vaccine. <laughs> Uh, all of these different things. Is there a possibility anything like that could ever happen? Because I think it needs to be put out there before something like this rolls around again. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's and that's part of our problem uh, right now. We uh, everybody is coming on. So you and I were kind of we had people we had people with this, you know, talking, but we were in a definite minority of people out publicly stating this. Now that this stuff is starting to come out, and it's and, and 
I mean, nobody's, we're not surprised. You and I aren't surprised. I mean, we had studies. All the studies on masks all indicated what you, what you, that they didn't work. Uh, the vaccine, we knew would, you have an RMH a problem, uh, you know, RMRH uh, problem, and we, the, the guy who who actually founded that said, no, 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 you, this, there's not been enough study. We we have no idea what it's going to do. Guess what? Uh, all all of our concerns have come to to fruition. You hate to say I told you so, but here's the deal. Now everybody wants a piece of that. So we we're too despair we're too scattered right now we need to be more focused i would yeah. like to see a commission so you do you actually have a covid origins or whatever they're calling themselves uh committee here but every other committee oversight judiciary everybody's got a little piece of that because everybody wants a little piece of that because everybody's po'd sure They've, if, if you were right you're po'd because nobody listened to you if you were wrong you're po'd because you were deceived and so everybody wants a little piece of that and if we were more focused, I think which would be a, a kind of a better way to get this commission in and say, this is what happened, never again. Yep. And uh, um, but you know everybody's got their own little um, their own little hey, uh, deal I, I, going. My, my last thing, I want to go back to January sixth stuff. Um, we we played yesterday the piece with um, where Tucker talked about the uh, police officer, Officer Sicknick. And, you know, and what was a lot of people when they heard the story, when we played it yesterday, they forgot that the New York Times retracted the story about him being hit over the head and dying from a fire extinguisher. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they, they ultimately had to, but, but they didn't willfully uh, uh, acknowledge their mistake. They grudgingly uh, uh, acknowledged their mistake. And it was quite some time after that. They, 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 they wanted to wait until everything was irrefutable and they were totally undermined but yeah they did refute they did uh, retract the story but don't forget it didn't come until after uh the medical examiner issued a statement saying he died of natural causes and uh, so so what can they do and and by the way they told the lie so often it's still being told they're still telling it Joe Biden is still telling it. They're talking about police officers who died on January 6th. That's a flat-out lie. No police officer died on January 6th, not even Officer Sicknick. No police officer died. The only uh, officers that, that uh, you know, they thought Sicknick might be related because he died in, in, in temporal proximity to January 6th, but no, no relationship. And then you had several officers who committed suicide within weeks after that. And so they attribute that to the January 6th uh, riots. So, I mean, uh, we, face, we've, we face people who don't want to tell the truth. I think you just tell the truth and just say, look, this is what we had. This is what happened. You had the only people who died that day were um, uh, the, the, the lady, the veteran. Ashley Babbitt, who was shot, and then the other lady who was beaten to death, um, uh, Miss Boyle. And so, who you beat her to death? death? Well, th- you've got video saying that that uh, it was it was a police officer. You've got some video that indicates that maybe she might have been trampled. She fell down. We don't know yet yeah. because the we haven't had enough video to come out. I mean, it's it's been indicated that that a police officer did. Well, let's find out. 
But you're not going to find this stuff out until you're transparent and open it up. And that's my point. Open all this stuff up, whether it's on the COVID, whether it's on the January 6th, whether it's on our on our absolute failures in China, Ukraine, Afghanistan, North Korea, Iran, Syria. Uh, how about our budget? Open that up and let the people say, and, and show them and say, we spend $100 billion more per month than we bring in in revenue. Okay. Well, what does that mean? It means every year, and actually it's more than that. So every year you're between $1.2 and $1.5 trillion in the hole. Okay. So what are you going to do about it? Well, how about people like myself keep saying, well, how about if we reduce our spending? I don't know. Because our revenue is at record levels, yep. tax revenue. So, I mean, open it up. The American people... One of, the, one of the things the founders said is, if you're going to be a free people, you've got to be an educated people. You've got to watch what's happening in government because uh, you don't want to be taken advantage of and abused by your government. And uh, I get it. We're all busy. We all want to do other things. But, but I, we really need the American people to, to say, what are you guys doing? And yeah. hold people accountable. We always, we always say sunlight's the best disinfectant until the sunlight's shining on your crap. <laughs> exactly. So, Andy, thanks for what you do. Keep up the good fight, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Chris. Have a good day, buddy. U.S. Congressman Andy Biggs. This has been suggested a couple of times for the Pliskin Acres playlist. Jane's Addiction, been caught stealing. Here we go. All right. I went so late with Andy Biggs uh, that actually we're going to turn around and go right back to the bottom of the hour news. But... uh, when we come back uh, at the uh, after the news, I want to talk about Kevin McCarthy talking uh, to reporters who were crying on his shoulder about releasing the January 6th stuff. A Arizona company gets a $20 million uh, of funding to expand sales reach, and it's an interesting business model, and it's not at the U of A. So, And I do want to talk about the devastating inside look at the Phoenix Homeless Zone because I think it gives an insight of what's going on around here. So, And then uh, Cat Foothills makes national news. The, uh, the uh, school district, it has to do with providing teachers and staff with preferred pronouns, but not letting, telling them not to tell the parents. Orange Grove Middle School, you're on, you're on alert. Wake up. We're doing the old Pliskin Acres playlist today. I'll uh, start adding more to the list to make it in the future. We'll just have to refer back to like, you know, every fourth Thursday of a month is going to be Pliskin Thursday or something like that. Just to remind you a little bit. So, um, uh, Mark, uh, called me yesterday and noticed that the needers on Oracle road went out of business. And I guess both needers went out of business. Uh, I guess there was still one on Broadway and Wilmot, I think. Maybe. Maybe, and I think there had been one at uh, Swan next to um, yeah that one out River. That, yeah, yeah that one out closed uh, a, a few ago, years ago next to Blake's, and um, so my thing is, um, I'm not I, I never liked the place. I thought it was someone said weak coffee and overly sweet pastry, uh, but yeah, the comments no, no no one's missing quote needers, but what's interesting is. Um, all their stores in Phoenix and Yuma, they have two in Yuma making money. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, I, part of me wants to say, you know, Tucson sucks for business, right? And Mark said that the manager told me he's having a hard time hiring people at the Oracle location. But everyone's got that problem. Um, I just think it was a uh, not a great... Uh, 
Not a, just not a, not that good of a restaurant. Pretty mediocre, I would have said. On most things, customer service was never that great. And uh, there's a lot of other choices out there. And the one in Oracle, to me, if I'm going to go to that kind of place, I just go to Beyond Bread. Literally four minutes down Oracle Road. I know the bread's made homemade here in Tucson. And there's a lot better attention to detail there than there's at Neaters. So the only reason I ever went to Neaters in my life is someone wanted to meet me there for a business meeting or something. And I said, all right, I can, you know, I won't choke on a cup of coffee. I'll be fine. So we got that going for us. Um, let's get to the story about the, the zone, the zone. And we are going to have uh, a update on the zone and other things from Goldwater's Austin Van der Hayden. He'll be on Monday, I believe. So within a week, we're going to have Austin Von der Hayden and Hans Von Spakowski. That's true. Hans is tomorrow. Within, within a one-week window. Hans is awesome. tomorrow. So, Give uh, him the choppa. <laughs> uh, and then actually making his triumphant re-debut on the show a week from tomorrow is Gabe Trujillo, TUSD school uh administrator superintendent and he'll be on for the whole hour we're gonna tackle it all we're gonna tackle it all chris and gabe explain it all just like clarissa uh arizona free news corinne murdoch a this is this is a hell of a headline a wasteland of corpses both living and dead a devastating inside look at the Phoenix homeless zone. So I want you to, th- I, I, I was fascinated by this because in the end, I think it gives you a glimpse in some of the smaller uh, tent cities or things like that, that aren't maybe as big as this, but definitely are peppered throughout this community. Uh, I was having lunch with Lara yesterday over at Just Kebabs, and she said that that wash behind, like where Foothills Mall is over there, that I mean, the the tents are blowing through there right now too. So intense poverty. This is Corinne. Uh, frequent crime, social instability, high mortality, poor living standards. Um, they describe third world countries, but they also describe the zone. A sprawling encampment of over a thousand homeless in downtown Phoenix, just blocks from the state capitol, amidst what was once a thriving business district. It's an area where law and order don't seem to exist. So much that locals have given the area a much darker nickname the Thunderdome. Wow, that's a nickname. The Thunderdome. Thunderdome. Oh, we got to put that on the list. We don't need another hero. Um, the crisis reached new high after a discovery of a premature baby's remains several weeks before Thanksgiving last year burned in the middle of the street. A month later, a similar grisly fate befell a homeless man. Carl Ferned, who is leasing a building in the zone and is suing the city of Phoenix over their handling of the crisis... Quote, the child burned. That was the beginning of the end for me. I didn't, I don't know why that hit us so hard. Someone set a child on fire. Then two weeks later, someone burned a body just a block away. Then you see people that are so mentally ill, you can't place them in society. 
We walked out a year ago to see a girl doing stuff to her body 20 feet from my, I can't want to say the word right now, Matt will really freak out, from the car in my parking lot. Uh, death and depravity are a common occurrence in Phoenix's The Zone. Last month, police shot and killed a Spanish-speaking homeless man who lunged at them with scissors. Attempts to incapacitate, incapacitate the man with stun guns were unsuccessful. Drug deals, addicts using defecation, urination, assault, sexual acts, and rapes are also done out in the open with increasing impunity. Gangs run the streets of the zone, making the homeless pay for their tent spates and beating them up at will. Registered sex offenders roam the streets, having been dropped off in the zone. Businesses close down but continue paying rent. The zone sprung up outside the Central Arizona Shelter Services campus, an organization that provides food, shelter, and more to the homeless. It's located in a dense, uh, diverse business district that includes a near-historic sub- sub-shop, appliance manufacturer. She goes through a whole bunch of lists of different, lots of different businesses. Um, Angie uh, Ohile, a, com- a commercial designer and realtor, says she sees this more and more every day. She watched four people taken out in, of the area in body bags in one day period. The level of danger is so prevalent that she says that businesses refuse to come there. Pizza shops won't deliver. Plumbers won't service the buildings. Limitations on those services can pale pale in comparison to other more pressing problems, which of course is retaining employees. Because no one wants to work down there. Uh, She says the city of Phoenix is to blame for these troubles. Everything they do defies logic. It's hurting people, not helping people. The homeless relentlessly bombard her property with human waste, fires, garbage, drug assaults, drug use, assaults, and gang uh, activity. She estimates that she spends more on cleanups around her property than some people pay for their mortgages. The ground is so saturated with feces and urine I can't even breathe. I got walls that are so full of feces it's disgusting you can't even look in that direction. We had dreams when we brought this property and now we're paying for it. Uh, let's go to, let's take the call cause, uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll get back to this because there's some, there's some other things I want to cover in this story. Uh, 790-2040. Let's go to JP. JP, good morning. You're on Wake Up. All righty, Chris. Uh, boy, that's uh, interesting out of Phoenix and this actually i guess ties in i was just uh you know driving around town every now and then when i've got the aviation parkway i'll occasionally see catch sight of an encampment out there but uh yesterday i was going south on euclid from broadway to 22nd and going down the underpass under those little bridgy things right and on the east side of the road there was sort of a balcony or you know terrace set back in the wall about 15 feet above the sidewalk and somebody had a nice tent set up with you know you could see a shopping cart and stuff like kind of a homeless prepper because if somebody wanted to attack him they'd have to make a concerted effort it would not be a casual let's kick over the guy's stuff location 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 jp even even for our homeless drug criminals 
Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, I I had just remembered that when I was hearing you talk about these guys, and they're all over in town. They're all over. All these washes and uh, that... Sorry. Not restricted to Pliskin Acres. Oh, no, 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 no. Pliskin Acres. The spirit of Pliskin Acres is spread across the city, right? Into Kazakhstan and Pablo, Slovakia, all these different areas. So, yep. Yep. JP, thanks for sharing yep. that, man. Thanks for listening. Have a good day, buddy. Take care. Bye. So before we go, Matt, before you play the tune, uh, the, I forgot that um, Eastside Tom, who, you know, keyed the term, March of uh, it was St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, it was St. Patrick's Day, Day. right? Uh, He did. I forgot he did lyrics to the Green Acres tune. Pliskin Acres is the place to flee. Hard living in a crap city. Crime spreading out so far and wide. Grant Nalvernon, where prosperity goes to die. Meth labs and tweakers roam the streets. Local parks where hobos sleep. No cops respond to ni- respond respond to nine one ones. Even the local church folks are packing guns. Potholes, lost souls. No cops. Pawn shops. There it is. So oh, so much stress and strife. You could lose your life. P acres. We are so screwed. <laughs> There's the uh, the Who, official song. Who's Jaja in that uh, in this scenario? <laughs> that would be you. Sorry, no, I'm just kidding. All right. My uh, my boy David Bowie, Life on Mars for the old uh, Pliskin Acres. Wake up, Tucson. 1030 The Voice, local news and talk, Shock Jock Radio. Ah, a little under the bridge by the Chili Peppers. This one plays very well for Pliskin Acres. Uh, you're on Wake Up, Tucson. JP was just talking about. It's true. On a t- modern day cliff dwellers under a bridge, <sighs> under the bridge. Uh, sir, you know, the question came about who's, sir, uh, who's Zsa Zsa Gabor. Well... Sergio says Tia Gloria, so she is very glamorous, like like Jaja. So, so is Arnold Ziffel? Is that Wilbur, or what, what's going on here? I don't know. I don't know. I have to think about that one. So, we're doing a um, it's we're doing a Pliskin Acres playlist today. We're doing a story on AZ Free News by Corinne Mar- Murdoch about called a wasteland of corpses inside the devastating inside look at Phoenix's homeless zone. And so we were just talking about, um, so check this out. So, um, this lady is, um, she has this commercial piece of property. Okay. In the zone in Phoenix, it's a few blocks away from the Capitol. So what the city of Phoenix is doing is they're, they're, they're doing the housing first thing. Right. So uh, during their December cleanup, in, re- in in response to the um, Super Bowl coming, they said, "Oh, we'll do a cleanup." Only thirty three thirty three people out of the thousand. There's only there's a thousand in the zone. There's more than that all over the place, right? Only thirty three people accepted services. Apart from those cleanups, the city's directed their millions in funding on a housing first or permanent supportive housing. Um, yet the, um, let's see, they allocated 12 million in October, last October, 8 million last November, another 25 million to try to prove the housing first theory correct. (laughs) Um, 
Let's see. <laughs> uh, the homeless, uh, the, the lady Angie uh, says she's known, homeless she's known for any years, don't feel like they're getting help. Some of the homeless she knows have been there for decades. They're trapped alongside Angie. We can't get out. It's crashing our property values. There's people that are homeless who don't want to, even the homeless, she says, doesn't want to be near this. What's going on? So check this out. This lady, Angie uh, uh, Ohile, wants to try to cash out. So a broker estimated the value of her property at $2.4 million. But in an official report from the broker, the broker informed Ohile that her property is unmarketable due to the state of the zone. (laughs) Values are based as if the property was not associated in proximity to the situation occurring adjacent to the property. Unfortunately, the property is deemed unmarketable at any realistic value at this date due to the issues along with safety concerns that would be perceived by any buyer, tenant, or investor would have normally invested in the property. Let's uh, go to the phones. Uh, Let's go to Jeff on line two. Jeff, good morning. You're on Wake Up Tucson, sir. Uh, good morning. Uh, I got an interesting uh, topic. It's not going to help the situation, but a lot of people forget this problem started somewhere back in the right around 1980. There was a movie called One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I remember. And it was, yeah, everybody remembers. But what happened was that movie caused such a furor that the ACLU in California, I believe, and this happened under Ronald Reagan as governor, if I remember correctly, it's back in the archives, you know what I mean? But anyway, um, there was this tremendous fear over the idea that these institutions could exist, that just uh, warehouse people that couldn't seem to make it on the, you know, in society. And of course, it was extremely sympathetic to the people that were in the institution. And there was outrage that this could happen in America, that they could just put people away, so to speak. So anyway, the ACLU sued the state of California that they had uh, these people institutionalized unjustly, and they were forced some year back in the 80s, 1980s, they were forced to basically empty all those institutions of the people that were in them, and not you couldn't do that anymore. And, that, it, that of course, what happens in California eventually seeps through the whole country, and it happened across the board. And therefore, and I'm not not justifying this, I'm just saying that those people were in an institution where they were, you know, if you want to, you know, they had food, uh, shelter, uh, warm clothes, clean beds, so on and so forth, medical care, but they were institutionalized. And the outrage was so strong without, that it was just automatic that they released all those people and they can't put, they couldn't happen again. So now that problem is now you're looking at it in downtown Phoenix. Now I'm not offering a solution. I hate to do this because you know, to just describe something without offering a solution some of some kind, but I'm not sure there is a solution. There was one and it was forced to be abandoned. I don't know what the answer is, but that's how this problem more or less sprang into the world somewhere around 1980. When, and, when uh, this discussion's come up and what you're saying is correct, right? The, 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 the fear coming out of cuckoo's nest definitely did exactly what you said it did is there's a balance somewhere in between Jeff 
and we and I think that has to be figured out here because some of these people are so out of their gourd right now, drug especially drug wise, right? It's not just the, there's a mental there's a mental there's ones with mental problems, and they're one that are so drugged out of their gourds they don't even know where they're at. Yeah, I agree. This, you know that in that movie it was very one sided. Obviously, it was extremely sympathetic to the people that were institutionalized and extremely negative to the people, the staff of the mental hospital, that they were, you know, the fictional mental hospital or facility, whatever it was. However, I'm not so sure that that's realistic to portray those people as this, you know, sort of a small white gown Nazi operation. I'm not so sure that was accurate to begin with. In other words, the treatment that those people were getting in that institution may have been way, way, way better than uh, what that movie portrayed it. And so I've had a couple of friends who have worked in, I've had friends that have worked in mental institutions. We've had this discussion, believe it or not. And they say, look, it's just like any other uh, occupation that's a high stress occupation, right? There are some people that can handle it pretty well. And there's a lot of people who can't handle it very well. And because it's a hard job to hire for, there's mental hospitals that keep people that aren't really good human beings towards their other human beings, and there's a lot of good people in there. So, and it's just you know, that sounds, yeah. that sounds totally accurate to me. What you just said, I, I don't like. I said I hate, I hate this partly because I I don't even have a glimmer of an answer to this. I'm not so sure there is an answer for it. So here we are. I, I you say there might be a middle ground. I. Hope you're right about it. Me, me uh, too. Me, me too. <laughs> they're not looking for that the institutionalized thing has been cast aside. That's uh, that has such a negative onus to it. Now you can't even can't even drift in that direction. I know. Jeff, I got to get to I got to get to one more call before top of the hour. But thanks for okay, calling hey, and thanks for listening, buddy. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Take care, my friend. Seven nine zero twenty forty. Bill number two. What's shaking, buddy? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, the, the previous caller made a lot of good points on that. Um, I'm, I'm coming from a different point of view on that. Okay, so um, uh, the city of Phoenix has caused this problem uh, to get totally out of control. Uh, people are elected to handle difficult problems. If you're not going to handle difficult problems, get out of the way. Okay? I mean, that's really pretty simple. Now, this lady that had a building that she can't sell... Um, that's, that's to me akin because Phoenix caused this or allowed it to happen is, uh, akin to the eminent domain taking someone's property. Okay. Now it's interesting to say that because didn't we pass a proposition in Arizona that if a government does something to negatively affect your property, you have some sort of redress. I think that's right. I got to look that up. But I'm just saying is that's, you know, she's just not sitting there with this white elephant she can't get rid of. I mean, I, I would get Goldwater, not unload this on the city of, of Phoenix and teach the taxpayers a lesson. Well, Goldwater will be on Monday to talk about such things because they, are, they, are, they, are, they are suing the city of Phoenix. Uh, it'll never end. See you guys. Later, buddy. All right. Two uh, gentlemen are uh, riding their bikes across America. They're here. They're sitting in the uh, gray room right now. Juan Siscomani at the bottom of the hour talking about his first piece of legislation about backlog at your veteran administration hospitals. Wake up.